and welcome back to the Only Real Cure to Borderline Personality Disorder podcast. I'm Shamola Del Rosario. I'm 53. I'm a mother, a grandmother, a wife, and I've also lived with distorted perceptions for my entire life. I had been convinced that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and that I was unfixable. But around a year ago, I stumbled across Brian Barnett. And from that moment, my misperceptions began to unravel. So as I continued to do the inner work to root out the underlying subconscious distorted core belief that my feelings are irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, and therefore so am I, I'll be using this podcast platform to share my insights and thoughts. I strongly suggest that you do subscribe to thelastsymptom.com and The Last Symptom Podcasts. And before I'm accused of plagiarism, let me just explain that The Last Symptom is a free resource that I have have had and continue to have the privilege of learning from. And so I will frequently reference Brian Barnett's work. I'm still recording this directly onto my phone and also I'm still new to this whole podcasting thing, so if you can bear with me. Let's just get this disclaimer out of the way before we move on to talk about today's topic. So just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights of borderline personality disorder. I'm not qualified in any field of emotional or mental health, and anybody that chooses to listen is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and behaviours. I hope that you're all well. And as always, thank you for your feedback. I really do appreciate it a lot. I'm back um, earlier than usual. Not that I've got a specific time. Um, I just kind of add to these podcasts just as I, I kind of ha- whenever I have a thought that I think might help others too. And then I just kind of record and upload. So have you ever played Pass the Parcel? You know, each layer contains a prize. So the parcel kind of passed around and each person gets a turn to, to unwrap one layer until the final layer is it's it's removed and that's where the big prize is well i see my inner work kind of like this but no one else gets to unwrap the layers that's a job for me unwrapping a parcel that i myself have wrapped i mean that should be easy to unwrap but obviously when i was wrapping this parcel i didn't want it to ever be opened And so when I look at it like that, I can imagine kind of how a child wraps, you know, using lots of tape, you know, round and round, as tight as can be, never to be be opened. When I first started my recovery, I didn't even know that there was a parcel that I needed to be, I needed to find, you know, that hidden parcel that was just waiting for me to find it and then open it. It was Brian that that taught me about the subconscious underlying distorted core belief that I was living with. And this is my parcel. And the more that I absorbed um, accurate information, the more honest I could become with myself. And the more honest, and well, I suppose more intimate with myself, the clearer I could actually see my parcel. That part of me that I needed to to discover. But this game of kind of pass the parcel, it's more like, you know, maybe extreme pass the parcel. Like, how to describe it, like an, an adult um, 
party game type of thing. You know, when the, you can imagine when the parcel is wrapped in, not in just paper, but in cling film as well as tape. And you've also, you've got to wear oven gloves when you, you're trying to unwrap it. So it seems un impossible at first, even frustrating, because you can almost see the prize. And that's actually because you're, you're starting to believe it and are trying to, you're trying to actually get to it. But it can take a while to, you know, picking away at that tape, trying to get like a lip on the corner so you can remove that piece of tape to, to just claim your prize. And for me, sometimes actually getting to a prize, you know, unwrapping one of the layers could leave me sometimes more confused and even frustrated at times. And sometimes I'd find, well, looking back, I'd find that I was actually wearing that stupid oven glove while trying to unwrap, you know, when I didn't even need to, kind of making it difficult for myself, standing in my own way. But anyway, I've managed to unwrap a layer that has helped me understand so much more about how me, myself, are, how I have wrongly been viewing the nature of feelings, um, self and life. It's not the final layer for me, but it is a biggie for me. Thing is, you see, I don't like mathematics. I just know that I'm not good at it. I can't do it well. I've never really questioned it before. Just accepted maths is not my thing. I know algebra is something of an intimidating word for me. And for the last few days, I've been pondering on algebra and why it's intimidating. And looking at the definition, well, what is it? Developing fundamental problem solving skills for use in everyday situations. So really learning algebra is it's supposed to help to develop critical thinking skills. So including, you know, problem solving, logic, patterns and reasoning. So why should this intimidate me? Surely that's a good thing. So why do I hate algebra? And why do I label myself as bad at maths. I picked um, picked up basic numeracy really early, you know, at the same time as the alphabet. But maths and English were two distinctly different things. Maths had got numbers and symbols and there were rules. You'd got addition, subtraction, multiplication, division and equals. And they all had a concrete meaning, just like, you know, just like the alphabet had letters. They had rules. You spell and, A-N-D, and then with maths, two plus two equals four. This never changes. These are the rules. And I was right because I'd got red ticks in my book and also I'd got very, very good comments written across the tick. I mean, even mastering multiplication was pretty easy for me. And when I say easy, I mean that there was an easy solution. And that was the multiplication tables. I remember writing them out and reciting them again and again, you know, just to memorise them. And these answers, these were concrete, exact. And the right answer got a red tick and the wrong answer got a red cross. But at that time, I was getting all red ticks, and I liked that. 
So at that time, I liked maths. Back then, I liked it. Not obviously looking at it now, not because I actually understood the formula of maths at all, but because I'd re repeated and recited them so often. You know, so I'd, it, it was just memory. But these answers could never change. And I'd always be right. I'd always have a red tick. You know? And even when new symbols were introduced, I could grasp that as well. So I could easily learn fractions, decimal points, and even percentages. And I still had red ticks in my book. And then we moved on to this algebra. And working with one variable, that was okay. You know, that's easy. X plus four equals six. So X must be two. It's got to be. There's no other, no other answer. So that was all fine. And I was still getting red ticks in my book. But working with more than one variable, that was difficult. There wasn't a concrete answer. You know, I couldn't provide this concrete answer that would always be right. And this was going, it did, it definitely went against my understanding of what mathematics was. It didn't fit and I, I didn't like that. And then I know I couldn't accept that letters and numbers could overlap. You know, X, Y, Z, they're letters, they're not numbers. They belong in English, they don't belong in mathematics. And so I didn't like mathematics anymore. And none of the previous red ticks or very good comments, they didn't matter anymore. And oh my God, I remember hating the maths teacher at that point. Who the hell did he think he was putting all these red crosses in my books? Honestly, I despised his bald head. I hated the fact he wore socks with sandals. But, you know, secretly and subconsciously, I hated myself even more. Because I didn't get it. I couldn't understand how could it actually work? How could a maths question not have a definitive answer that could be used time and time again? Why couldn't it be, you know, as simple as seven times seven, that's 49. That had been really, probably one of the most difficult things for me to remember in the terms of my times tables. But in the end, I'd got there and the answer, the answer would never change. No, this, this wasn't right. Maths and English did not, they did not go together, definitely. English was where we could tell stories and have a different answer, have different characters, different variables. This is where letters belong. I blocked maths out of my, my life in the same way that I blocked my feelings then. Only kind of applying them to how I believed that they should be applied. But my understanding of mathematics has been incorrect. But in the same, because in the same way, I can't control feelings. I can't control mathematics. But I've been trying to. But maths has got nothing to do with how I feel. It's about critical thinking rather than me just tossing about, you know, a pre-thought out idea or solution. Life isn't actually like that. You know, it, it's not like that, is it? I'm thinking that, you know, emotionally healthy people, I'm thinking that they use algebra probably every day without even being aware of it. 
Because if they're applying so many variables and operations into solving problems that, you know, problems that we face on a daily basis, then they must be using algebra. I mean, I know life isn't black and white, although I have been seeing it in black and white, but it is actually just one variable after another. And people that do take the time to actually think through the problem, I don't know, factually, they usually fare much better, don't they? Well, much better than me. I do use algebra, I suppose, but only in a limited way. Only really ever being comfortable with, as I've said before, that, that one variable. But I've decided that this is going to change because I've decided I'm going to learn the basics of this algebra. Not because I want it for a job opportunity or, or anything like that. Because the reason I want to do it is because I want to teach my brain how to think logically and break down and, and solve problems. Because I can see now, I've missed this stage in in my development. I kind of I shut it off because it was it was uncomfortable, and then I've gone through my life believing that I hate maths. You know that mathematics themselves are bad, and I'm bad at mathematics. But really, it was just that I didn't understand how I don't know English and numeracy could work together in the same way that I didn't understand how thinking and feelings could work together. I mean, th it's made a lot of sense to me once I've actually unraveled this. I hope I've been able to illustrate it in a way that makes, makes sense to you. I mean, have any of you guys mistaken arithmetic for mathematics? I mean, true mathematics definitely makes our lives less chaotic. And everybody, I suppose, uses algebra in their daily lives. And when I think about it, we all actually need algebra to solve most of our even basic problems. And I just found this, um, this quote online. It says here, mathematics is not about numbers, equations, computations or algorithms. It is about understanding. It is about teaching how to think and it allows for no hypocrisy and no vagueness. And it says Einstein, Albert Einstein, once also said that pure mathematics is in its way the poetry of logical ideas. You know, I, I like that. I like that. And it's making me really determined that I'm going to look into um, algebra because I'm definitely underdeveloped in my critical thinking skills. And I do think that this would, it would help me a lot in um, my, my continuing recovery, you know, for my, my own emotional health. But anyway, I mean, that's it for me. Um, I hope that you all have a, a great upcoming week. And what can I say? Please continue to like, share, comment and subscribe. And hopefully speak soon. Well, we will be speaking soon because of loads of thoughts have been running through my mind. But yeah, speak soon. So bye.